Hi, welcome to the Urban Lifestyle Report with Carolyn Morris Walker, your host. Carolyn Morris Walker, and I'm your host for the Urban Lifestyle Report podcast, a platform to exemplify Blacknificence and Black excellence in the Black and African community. It's a place, it's a space to showcase people of African descent who are often made invisible and not recognized for their talents and the contributions they make to our community and the world at large. I'm thrilled when I I'm thrilled when I meet people in my community who are doing amazing work in a variety of areas and whether it's in a full-time capacity or part-time or it's a side hustles or they're even entrepreneurials in, in entrepreneurs who are executing their dreams I believe that our community needs to hear about you. So today, I'm pleased to have Nichelle Bartley, my guest, who is a seasoned financial strategist and project manager. So welcome, Nichelle. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Carolyn, for having me. I really appreciate it. It's such a pleasure. And I'm just going to tell you a bit more about Nichelle. She's also the founder of Money Basic, Money Basics, let me say this properly, where she empowers female entrepreneurs to become true CEOs of their money. She's also a fitness enthusiast a cake connoisseur, and she can be your newest business asset. asset. So welcome, Nichelle. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself. thank you for that introduction. (laughs) So I call myself a financial strategist, and what that really means is that the work that I've done is really been mostly with women, but really helping, whether it's a man or a woman, to really understand what they need their money to do for them. So many people, when they come to me, they think that I deal with investments or things like that, and I'm like, no, I'm the person you need to talk to before you actually start getting into all of that. Many of us uh, have vision boards, we have things that we want to do, dreams, whatever it is, but we don't necessarily have a plan to get there with our money. And it 
the work that I do is really around taking a deep look at what's going on with your money and the things that you need to start doing in order to have a better relationship with your money, as well as being more attuned with your, your own numbers with your money. So knowing your numbers is very important. And that sounds really, you know, like that's a foundational kind of process in uh, starting and setting out in your business. But what I would like to find out is what was the genesis that made Money Basics come into being? Hmm. So I've always, my career has been mainly in finance. I've always been the person outside of work too. I'm, I'm a planner, I'm an organizer. People know that. I can organize things. People always knew that I had a really good aptitude for what you need to do with your money and just organizing it very well. So I've worked as a financial advisor, uh, financial um, investment advisor as well. I've worked with the big banks. I've done all of those things. But people would still, you know, come to me and ask me other questions outside of investments and things like that. Uh, there was one time I remember... Uh, a call that I had because I used to get inbound calls to speak with clients and she was asking me well what should I be investing in and whatnot and because she had all of her um, financials with this one particular financial institution I could see you know from her checking accounts saving accounts mortgage debt everything so mm -hmm. I had a whole you know a financial net worth picture about this person and she's there asking me about what she should be investing in. And I'm saying to myself, looking at her picture, I'm like, you don't need to be investing in anything right now. <laughs> right. But I can't tell them that. Right. If they right. call and they ask for that, I have to provide, you know, within context what they should be doing. I can't go off and say, well, we need to rejig a couple of things here. That's not the focus right now. Right. And that was the ongoing theme that I would see. People come to me and they say, well, I'm not good with money. And I'm like, nobody's not good with money. It's just you just haven't prioritized certain mm -hmm. things or your relationship with it is just a little bit murky. So I believe that everybody has an opportunity to be good with money and to have a good relationship with it. But it really starts with defining what do you want it to do for you because you are the master of your money. But the problem is a lot of us is letting our money master us. Right. And do you think that us being not good with money is because we don't understand or we haven't learned um, how money works? the importance of it, um, how we need to look at our future and how money is really the catalyst behind that. Because, you know, as young children growing up, I don't remember having conversations with my parents around money. We spoke about a lot of things. We spoke about navigating through the world as a black person and racism and discrimination. But I don't remember having conversations about money and its intent and how we use it. I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, the, the key thing around um, money or what people know will call it as financial literacy Really, financial literacy is converse. It starts with conversations. Mm -hmm. There's the mechanics and the technicality around money, which is important. But I think the key thing is, you know, I think a lot of uh, people have that story where I didn't grow up in a household where we were talking about money in a positive light. You mm -hmm. heard the stories, well, money doesn't grow on trees and I don't have money for this and whatever, whatever shade of whatever that story is everybody has their version of it exactly. and i think when you see stories or you see wealthier people or generational wealth 
with other people, when you peel back the layers, they talk about money. They talk about it. They they demonstrate certain things. They talk about it openly. Whereas in, you know, those who may not have had that experience, they, we only talk about it from a negative perspective or a very limited lens as to what you should be doing with it. Hmm. Most of us only hear, okay, you just need to save your money and you don't go into debt. Like, okay, those are key things, but that's not the big picture. That's not the whole picture. That's right. And what is the purpose? Because I think that you also have to clarify that. Why am I not going to get into debt? Why am I trying yes. to save money and, I, and, and the intentions around it? And there, I think there has to be goals and aspirations around that as well. Yes. So my... My belief is, you know, we all have, whether we have a physical vision board or it's in our head roaming around or it's written down in notebooks, we all want certain things, it, whether it's physical or whether it's experiences. But at the end of the day, every single one of these things boils down to a dollar amount. Mm. But nobody ever looks at it that way mm. because there's so many emotions around money. It's like, what do you mean experiences cost money? And, you know, we don't want to talk about it from that lens. And I think that the more that you know your numbers, the more that you know what you want to do, you could easily attach, okay, this will cost this. So if this costs this, what do I need to do to get that, to get there? Right. Plan. Yes. Planning. So when I was reading your uh Money basic sites. Mm -hmm. I did take a look at it. I read that you say I read that you said that taking intentional action around organizing and making um, making better decisions about your finances completely changed your world. Can you tell us about that? Well, you know, when I was much younger, <laughs> I think we've all had these stories of you know you've we've all made bad financial decisions right um whether you get caught up in wanting the material things trying to fit in with friends or situations and you realize it kind of catches up with you and you say okay well now i'm stuck in all this debt what am i doing <laughs> like i can't really live the life that i want to live because all i'm doing is working to pay off this debt in essence and then there's no freedom 55 coming up in the picture no <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. And, you know, I'm I totally understand the argument around we shouldn't use debt. But I think the problem is, is that debt was always supposed to be used to help you to make money, not to consume mm. stuff. Right. And you look at whether it's any religious text, there is something around money and debt. And, and there's a lot of tenants around why debt is not good right right because the whole adage around when you're a debtor all you you're basically a slave to that right right and from a business perspective you know in the business world debt isn't a bad thing right because you're using it to make more money that's right and it's your leveraging actually you're leveraging yes so but when you come over to the consumer side on the consumer side it's you're not leveraging anything it's you're basically spending money that's not growing. And, and I'm not talking about a mortgage. Mortgage is a totally separate thing because that's really an appreciating asset. Right. But debt over the years, if you look at the history of credit and how it's expanded, it's become something that has been so normalized in society. Whereas in probably 50 years ago, 
Not everybody had a credit card. That's very common now. Mm-hmm. Like only certain people had credit cards. And that's why people were very in tune with what was happening with their money. Because you couldn't get the extra money from the bank. They weren't going to give it to you. Mm-hmm. So over time in society and how we behave with certain things, like credit is almost like a second purse. <laughs> right? Where we access money from, but we don't really have to pay it back. And I also think that we get inundated with, you need this. You have to have this. Uh, This is the latest. This is the greatest. This is the hippest. Uh, In order for you to be important, Mm -hmm. then you need, you need, you need. And so that fuels the fire for us. Well, I need to have it now. Right. And so then that gives that credit card becomes the tool Mm -hmm. that allows you to get that. Now, I have to confess, I'm a shopaholic. (laughs) I'm not even going to lie. I'm not even going to lie. But as I get older, I'm getting better about realizing my wants versus my needs. Mm -hmm. And And also realizing that I don't have to have it now. And maybe if I just walk away for a moment. Yes rationale sets in and then I realized no I don't really need that anyway and I think that's a really great point that you make and a lot of the work that I do with people isn't always so much about the numbers the numbers are important Mm -hmm. but it's really around understanding okay defining what you want and then being able to understand the habits that you have that are stopping you from getting what you want when it comes to your money. So that piece where you talk about going to the mall, to the store or whatever, seeing something or feeling like, you know what, I need to click the buy button right now and it's going to be delivered to my house tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is that really a powerful thing to step away from it, even for like 24 hours. and say, do I really need this? Mm-hmm. Right? Because I think we've all gotten into that instant gratification uh, perspective where everything is so easy for us. We just like click the button, it comes tomorrow or it comes today. You know, Amazon Prime is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And can I tell you this online (laughs) shopping? Yes. It's terrible. (laughs) It's, It's terrible. You don't even have to leave your house. Yeah. At least before you had to put on clothes, get dressed, get in your car, bus, whatever. There there was, like, process, and now you're sitting in your home, click, 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 click. Mm -hmm. So So you have to really pay attention to the things that you are purchasing on a month-to-month basis online. And again, I am not here to tell anybody you shouldn't shop. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to tell anybody you shouldn't spend money. Of course, you need to spend money. But my, my message is more around how do you be more intentional with the money that you're spending, and how do you make sure that, What you say you want is what you're actually doing with your money. So I'm going to bring it back to then, in terms of business, I I, again, when I was reading about money basics and Mm -hmm. your services and all that you offer, Mm -hmm. one of the things you spoke about is that for women. Mm -hmm. So why women? And even though you have said you offer the service to men, Mm -hmm. is it because women maybe have a different relationship to money than men do? And if you could talk about that? Of course, we. Um, I don't want to say it's unfortunate. And unfortunate in the aspect where we see that men really don't have an aversion to be talking directly about their numbers, what specifically they want, and how they're going to go about doing it. They really have a different, a different approach to dealing with money. It's just they see it for what it is. 
And I'm not saying that some don't have hang-ups about it. By no means, that's not what I'm saying. But Mm -hmm. I find that when it comes to women, our nature is more nurturing. Mm -hmm. And we will take care of everybody else before we take care of ourselves. Um, And it's a lot of societal things, of course, how, you know... You've seen in patterns where boys were taught to do certain things. Girls were taught to only do certain other things. I think that is leveling out in a lot of ways today because that isn't so much of the story. But depending on what culture you belong to, those things still exist. Exactly. They do. And we can't ignore that. So the conversations that say if you came from a family where you had brothers... The conversation that your dad was probably having that with money with your brothers is probably different than the one that he had with you. So I think it's important with women, especially when it comes to running their business, they will be more likely to go and pour, pour the money back into the business before they pay themselves. I've seen so many entrepreneurs where they're not paying themselves. Wow. And the thing is, when you set up a business... And that's how you choose to do your to, to earn an income. Your business is responsible for providing for your lifestyle. It's responsible for growing your net worth. And many business owners don't walk into a business thinking about that. Mm. They just figure, okay, I'm just going to dump all this money in and I'm not paying myself. But that could be a problem, especially if on the personal finance side, things are falling apart. Right. And I would also say that uh, another piece to what you speak about is that women often, when they have their goods, their service, their products, they don't really sell the product mm-hmm. or or offer it at a market value. Yes. They tend to undercut the value of what they do. Mm-hmm. So, Yes, and pricing does become an issue. Um, again, there's so much emotions and feelings around that, whether it's dealing with an imposter syndrome Mm. that, you know, you're really good at something and you want to sell something to somebody and you're just like, well, why should I be charging all of this money? Because to you, it just comes a second nature and you're just really trying to help somebody, Mm. but not realizing that although you have this gift to do whatever it is that you do really well, and it's, it's there to provide you a way to sustain your life, grow your life, experience what you need to experience there is a financial side to it if you go into a business and you say that you are running a business for profit your main responsibility of the business is to be profitable exactly return on your investment Yes. yes so you have to turn a profit and paying yourself doesn't mean oh whatever that's left over you're supposed to build in your salary into whatever that your revenue goals are and whatnot so nichelle why is net worth important Net worth is important. I say I always categorize it as financial net worth. Right? Financial net Your worth. financial net worth is important because that's a measure of showing how your money is growing, what you have in order to tap into, in order to do something more with it, right? So ideally, everybody wants to have a positive net worth, but when you have a negative net worth, you can't go forward. Right. You're busy trying to fill the gap from being in debt, getting rid of it. So you're you never feel like you're moving forward. You feel like you're just stagnant. So from an emotional perspective, having a net worth where it's positive and you're moving towards something that helps to fuel you to continue versus when you are in the hole. It's heavy. Mm. It's heavy. So you're feeling like all I'm doing is just to work off debt. Yeah, and I, and and I've heard this expression called debt fatigue. Yes, 
you know, you, you're continuously paying, paying, mm-hmm. paying, 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 and there's no relief in sight. Yes. You know? and Yes. And, and the debt conversation is a big conversation, and it involves many different aspects. aspects. Mm-hmm. There's emotional. There's a piece of how you're managing your money. There's a piece of saying, are you earning enough income? Because it isn't always about you need to make more money. Sometimes you're making good money exactly. and you're just not making the right choices with your money. So this is why it's I always boil it back down to what do you want? Because we all veer off the path of what we want. Everybody. But it's from planning and organizing and you stating what you want. Those things help you to gear back to what it is that you say that you want and how do you move forward with that? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that something that also might be very helpful is, you know, like New Year's resolutions mm-hmm. when you, uh, but I'm not a big New Year's resolution person. I think, again, we need to bring it back to later on in the following year and then move forward in the New Year's to your goals and your aspirations. But in looking at that, I feel like you also have to have this financial piece that's separate and you also have to track that. So, you know, maybe September you're looking at, well, should I, what are my financial goals in terms of um, RSP investment or Mm -hmm. what are my financial goals in terms of paying down my mortgage every month or saving for that new car? Mm -hmm. And then you should be setting up the plan and define how you're going to do that. Yes. So to your point, I'm not about New Year's resolutions as well. Um, I look at as a whole, what am I striving to? Mm. Right. And for me, I have a vision board. I look at what are these things that I say that I want to get done and I want to experience. So I have to look at it on a month to month, year to year three years, five years, 10 years, because right. some of these things that I have on there, it's, it's not happening anytime soon. <laughs> but I still need to have the money to be growing towards or allocating towards that for down the road. So right. whatever it is that I'm doing from with the money that I have right now, I have to make sure and say, okay, well, I'm allocating certain funds to be able to achieve, experience, whatever it is that's there. And also taking care of the lifestyle that I have right now. Right. So there are all these multiple facets and what I'm responsible for. But the way that I manage that is having a weekly money date with myself. Mm. And I think something else that comes to mind that um, single family home Mm -hmm. versus uh, mom and dad family home. The idea around money becomes also a very different kind of a conversation because there's less of it if you're a single parent and you have children are expensive and Mm -hmm. life is expensive. So what kind of strategies would you give to a single parent in terms of looking at their financial planning, especially if they're thinking about moving into a business? And what would you say to that? Well, I was a single mom (laughs) with growing when my son was growing up. And uh, it, it is totally a different realm that you have to work with because you're so focused on making sure that you have everything. It's very, your mindset at the time can be very survival focused, mm-hmm. but you have to really focus on, it can't just be about the now, you have to think about the future. So there was a lot of understanding, okay, where are you at right now with your finances? Being un, being able to understand what your picture is, not ignoring it, not denying it, but just having you know that moment of saying, okay, well, I am... 
X amount in debt, in debt or I have X amount of assets, whatever it is. And then you say to yourself, okay, what do I, what am I trying to move towards? Mm-hmm. So if you know that, okay, you're not saving, you're not spending your money in the best way, it's about putting some structure around that. Right. Not stopping everything right away because you'll just resist everything, you'll continue to do it. It's slowly replacing what you know is not working for you with things that will work for you and get you to where you want to be. So having a budget, I know people don't like that word. <laughs> the, bu- bu- the, <laughs> the what? The B word. Hello? Or B as word? I like to call it, a money plan. Get a plan for your money, mm. right? So knowing where you're at, especially around your salary. If you're somebody who's working a nine to five, I think we can fall into that trap of getting into the nine to five and not really being proactive about making sure that our incomes are rising right. faster than the fl- the rate of inflation exactly. or your actual pay raise because pay raises are like two to three percent depending on where you're at. And for those of them who are getting pay yes. raises because, you know, the economy is quite stagnant to a right. certain degree mm-hmm. and a lot of companies are like raise, you have a yes. job. Yes, and that that is happening out in the market. And people are not, if you're not aware of these things, like you can't control the market. You can only control what you're doing. Yes. So you have to look at things of like, how do I become the most valuable person in the room? Right. At, at, at your job, at your work, whatever it is that you're doing, because how are you making sure that you are doing what you need to do to be able to increase your salary? How do you prove your value? So there's going to be an ask. There's going to be an aspect of you. What do I need to invest in myself? What do, what courses do I need to do? Because that's the only way that you're going to start to advance or raising your hand for opportunities at work to to prove that you could do certain things. Because if you sit in a role for three five years and you really look at the raise that you're getting over what you get from uh, inflation, you realize that your income hasn't raised that much at all. Exactly. Your cash flow isn't increasing that much. No, it's not. But we feel Mm -hmm. so happy when we get it, though. Yes. Because it's validating Mm -hmm. to a certain degree. Well, Nichelle, I wanted to ask you, where does this passion come from? (laughs) How how did that develop? What's that all about? I think for me... I like to figure things out. I'm a very curious person and I like to plan things and I really like to say, okay, well, if this is this, how do we tinker with something to get it to where it needs to be? It's Mm -hmm. not just like, okay, well, I want this and I don't know how to do it. I'm like, yeah, but there's a way. There's always a way to something. And I'm like, okay, well, if you can't do this, how about we do that? (laughs) Yes, because I think sometimes we have Mm -hmm. in our heads this straight path that we want to take and not realizing that perhaps it's not always straight. Maybe you've got a zig and maybe you've got a zag and maybe you've got a zig back again. Sometimes you need to fall on your face. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) You know. Quite frankly, right? And I think for me, the passion is, is just like, like I'm here now. Like, why can I not explore what is possible? Like that's for me is a huge thing. And how do I like change the narrative around what I've been told about money? You know, we grow up with so many things and you see that, okay, you're stuck with this adage of what money is. And then you explore different things. You're like, no, it's not. So like for me, it doesn't have to be what banks and everybody else is selling you and what you think your financial dream needs to be. Your financial dream could be anything that you want it to be. 
and you could always be good with money. But I think the key thing is we all have to be brave enough to ask for help because we don't all have the answers. Right. And I think another piece that comes to mind when you talk about that is we also speak things like I'm broke. Mm. Right. I don't have any money. I'm skint. And I really believe that when you're speaking these words into the universe, mm-hmm. you're ordaining it and you become what you speak. Yes. And I look at my mom and I look well, I look at my mom and she has never made a great deal of money. But somehow she has managed to do amazing things on this salary. Mm -hmm. And I look at us, we probably make far more than our parents ever Mm -hmm. did. My mom made $2 an hour at one point when she came to Canada with um, two children to take care of. And she's done amazing things with money. And yet here we are, a very wealthy generation, Mm -hmm. uh, I would think, for a lot of us, privileged, right? And yet we're still talking about being broke and not having money. So how do we maneuver away from that kind of conversation? We have honest conversations. Mm. We need to start having honest conversations. And those honest conversations need to start with ourselves. Mm. Really and truly. Because, yeah, you can say you're broke. And there's so many different ways that we could splice this and say yay or nay towards it. But I think it comes down to an accountability thing. Because right. there's only so, so many times you could say that. Because if you keep saying it and you're not doing anything about it, then why bother saying it at all? That's right. You've got to own that. Yeah. And it starts with understanding what is going on with your money. Because brokenness, they say it's more of a state of mind huh. than it is to even do with the nickels and dimes and dollars and whatever. Right. It's more from a mindset perspective. But yeah, the technical piece of the money is in there. Like, let's not get that confused. But when you really peel back the layers of when someone's saying they're broke and they don't have it, it's because it, in some actual situations, they really just don't have it. Absolutely. But you don't have to say you're broke. I used to tell people I'm rich. Um, I'm rich in spirit. I'm rich in health. Mm -hmm. I'm rich dot, 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 because I I, that whole thing about saying I'm broke Mm -hmm. just disturbed me a lot. And it made me heavy. Exactly. And it's saying, okay, it's there's nothing wrong with being in a situation where, you know what, you just don't have it right now. But I think the other way that you could spin that is saying, I have other priorities. Exactly. That's what it is. So am I going to go spend my mortgage or my car payment or my whatever on this? And and, and that's going to take away from my stability? Mm-hmm. No. So it's not you're broke. It's I got other priorities <laughs> right now that I can't. I can't focus on that right now. And I think with all the options that we have available to us right now, the instant gratifications, we're financially distracted. Exactly. That's a brilliant expression. Mm -hmm. Financially distracted. Yes. Yes. Well, Nichelle, I'm going to wrap up. (laughs) But before we wrap up, what I'd like you to do is share um, your contact information. Actually, before we do that, though, just tell us briefly... Tell us about your services and then share your contact information and how we can get in in touch with you. 
Sure. So what I offer, what I offer my clients is basically a financial action plan, right? I look at the strategy around what it is that you say that you want to do with your money. What's your vision? What do you want to do? And we get down to the numbers. We look at where you are right now with your finances. What are some opportunities that you need to take care of? Whether it's more budgeting, whether it's you need to be investing in yourself in different ways. Um, we look at how you're earning your income is an opportunity for you to make more income, mm. right? And again, I always say it's not always about making more money, but a lot of instances it is that is a factor that could be done because mm -hmm. you could be sitting at a job, not putting your hand up, and you could be making way more money. Exactly. Right? So you have to have some difficult conversations. So basically, by the time we look at everything, crunch the numbers, put all that together, you know step by step what are the things that you need to do who do you need to talk to besides me do you need to talk to an accountant do you need to talk to a financial advisor uh, an investment advisor because at the end of working with me you should be equipped to have those conversations with the respective people and you are the true ceo of your money I and i'm just that. helping you to understand what your scope is around your money and you own that that's awesome. So how do we get in touch with you? You can find me at moneybasics.ca and I'm also on Instagram at moneybasics as well. Well, Michelle Bartley, financial consultant strategist, Money Basics owner. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Um, it's been a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. And as I say, here in front of me is another example of Blacknificence and Black Excellence, and doing services that help support us in the community. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of you in the future. And uh, that's a wrap. It's Carolyn Morris-Walker bringing you the Urban Lifestyle Report and looking forward to bringing you someone else who's just as wonderful. Thank you. <laughs>